Hello, hello, hello. This is episode 32, if I'm not wrong. And I may have gotten it right for the first time. Hello, Hito. And welcome to the two Hi, weekends. Hi, Chirag. Uh, thank you. <laughs> no, Why the, are you welcoming me on the show? Oh, no. The welcome was for the listeners. It was like, hello, Hito, and welcome to everybody to the oh, two right, weekends. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, our episode count is just one year younger to me. You're 33, really? I thought the episode count is more like five or six years older than you now. I'm going to turn... No, it would have if we were more responsible and recorded quite often, but... That's not what I meant, by the way. (laughs) Fair enough. I know. Oh, right. You were trying to give me a compliment. No, but I am not. Speaking of, like, since we're talking about ages and years and all this stuff, like, that's pretty much kind of what we wanted to talk about today too, right? Um, in fact, uh, one of the things that we were discussing offline was just like, yeah, it's really interesting how things have changed. Uh, and I know we were thinking a little bit broader. We were thinking maybe we can talk about maybe a little bit about the last decade, but uh, but we were also kind of just exchanging notes is not maybe the right word, but uh, just kind of getting an idea of like, you know, how much we've noticed over the last five years, especially since we've taken up this journey really strongly. Uh, how some things have changed and maybe how some things still kind of haven't. Um, and so I think that that would kind of be an interesting thing to talk about, uh, especially when uh, I definitely, to start off with, this is the first thing that came to mind was sort of the reaction of people before we talk about like the arrangements and like availability of stuff, right? Uh, and I definitely feel like the conversation has slightly shifted Uh because, you know, and we can go back to like our first episode kind of, but like when we started the stuff, um, remember how everybody became a nutri- nutritionist? Uh, mm. I I, th- I feel like yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing less of that now. Yeah, that doesn't happen much now. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So I think partly, I th- go ahead. Sorry, I was just thinking, is it because of the pandemic that we're not meeting as many people? <laughs> Or maybe because we just generally don't. Uh, no, no, I, I think um, I think part of the reason, or at least part of the reason I feel that's changed uh, is because there is just a bit more awareness about the fact that this is a lifestyle that people adopt. Um, I think that the people that used to interface with us and tell us this stuff actually know other vegans now. And so I think it's gotten a little less um, of an abrupt question you just throw out there, potentially. Um, I'm not saying, by the way, that everybody's nutritional curiosities have been clarified. I don't, I don't mean it that way. Nutritional <laughs> good word. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying for a good one, but but I don't think it's that. I just think it's um, you know, it's just something that uh, either, as we said, like they just know others, and it's become normal. It's a little bit normalized, uh, and I think uh, the other part of it is just that I think they've asked me the question enough times now, and like it's not going anywhere, so they've just stopped. So I'm curious, because your experience is slightly different in the sense that, obviously, you were here in Dubai, and you know I like bringing up the fact that you're in Amsterdam in every episode. I don't know why I like doing it yet, but here we go. Uh, As long as you're showing off on my behalf, that's fine. (laughs) That that way I'm the cooler one and you're not. That's that's true. Uh, But but what I wanted to ask you was, so obviously this is, a lot of this is my experience in Dubai, which has been the city since the beginning of at least my vegan journey. Uh, have you noticed any difference when you went to Amsterdam and do you feel like that's uh, different or the same as it is for you here in the sense it's starting out in the same place or is this just their head and nobody's really talking nutrition with you? 
No, I think people are quite accepting here. Um, and people are, I would say, a little more aware um, about what veganism entails. But again, I haven't had a lot of exposure to people because since I've arrived, yeah. I've mainly been under lockdown and I haven't had a chance to meet a lot of people. But in general, um, in fact, coincidentally, one of my neighbors is vegan. And uh, one day she was, and I'm on the ground floor, so one day she was passing outside and usually during the day I don't close my curtains. Right. So she saw these posters behind me. Um <laughs> And she's like, oh, uh, what, what's going on? And, you know, uh, who's the vegan in the house? And I'm like, oh, I am. Yeah. And um, and and she mentioned that she is as well. Uh, and her family is as well. So she has a husband and a child. Right. Um, which is quite cool, right? Because, like, what are the chances of my next door neighbor being vegan as well? Um, but overall, whenever I've told people that I am a vegan, they've mostly been curious about what I eat and how easy it is to find vegan options rather than where do I get my protein from. So I guess that's a, that's an improvement <laughs> from, from before. It is. Okay. So the other thing uh, that I noticed as well, and you're sticking on the people topic is that uh, there are people around me that have started turning vegan in some form uh, in one aspect or the other. And I know there was a phase that I went through a couple of years ago where that the conversation we were talking about shifting from like, wait, where do you get your protein from? Or wait, where do you get this from, that from? Became, how do you do this? Which is what you were just saying as well. Um, and then in, in some cases, actually, that has become either them adopting it as a lifestyle, at least in food. So I should maybe not lifestyle, but at least they've been trying to do it with the food. Uh, and others who have been exploring kind of mixed options to say oh, we're trying. Uh, I'm also seeing an interesting trend, and I, I, I don't know how much of this is necessarily COVID-related or not, but there are people who I follow uh, where it has happened a couple of times where I've just posted something or shared a story that, you know, like I, I was eating, generally it's eating, but I've eaten something and I've marked it as vegan or whatever. And I've had a couple of DMs come back and be like, oh, hey, are you vegan? Like, I didn't know. Uh, how is that? How's it working out for you kind of thing, right? And of course, as as we have mentioned many times on the show, like for us, it's about the animals. And so it's not about how much is working out for us as much as it's like, no, this is the lifestyle I want to have. And I'm I'm working through how I adopted and, you know, oh, that, that entire process, but it isn't about, um, oh my God, I'm feeling like healthier now because you can be pretty unhealthy on a vegan diet too. Uh, but, but it's interesting that the, there is that kind of level of interest, which I, I know a hundred percent where it was, it felt when we started, at least it was more just ju judgmental. Like what, why would you do that? Like I have actually been asked that, like, why would you do that? Uh, when to me, it's like the most obvious thing, right? But, but that has happened. Uh, comparatively now I'm seeing a lot more people either react positively to be like, oh, how's it going? Or just want to constructively have a conversation. And I've seen others who are because of um, maybe a sustainability focus, a plastic focus or things like, um, you know, the, the, all the stories in the, that you keep hearing with plastic bags and all this other stuff, um, taking approaches that are in line with the lifestyle, right? So either it is I'm working towards reducing the amount of waste. I'm working towards reducing plastic, even if it's not like food, but it's other aspects of their lives. But I, I know at least of one person who I follow who actually like at some point, I noticed like, you know, that, uh, that they would post pictures of what they were eating from time to time, like or what they were cooking. And I just kept noticing that, you know, I'm like, for someone who I know is fairly, uh, uh, was at least a fairly mediator from when I used to start following them, 
I just kept noticing a lot of their dishes were very vegetarian. Uh, and in fact, not even vegetarian, like actually vegan. And occasionally, like this person would be like, actually, I made this today and all of it is, it turns out it's vegan. And I was like, you know, there's something changed here. I'm very curious. Uh, and then eventually, uh, as it turns out, uh, landed up posting one day a series of stories to say, actually, this is something we've been thinking about for a while. We've been really considering our impact on the environment. So we started out by doing like one meat-free day, which has now become like, now we have essentially one meat day a week. So that's been the transition. Um, and then, you know, we're trying to eat uh, as much as we can at home in terms of both reducing waste, but also in terms of having better control of what we're eating and eating well. Uh, reducing the plastic and all of this. Like it was a, actually a, quite a comprehensive series of posts, uh, which was very heartening to me, right? Because it was just nice to see. And I, by the way, it, absolutely no impact from me, right? I don't think it had anything to do with that. But it's just really interesting to see like there is this kind of outside of our circles, acceptance and adoption of some aspects, if not all of the lifestyle, which is a, a trend that's very heartening because there are definitely days when I know you and me have talked about like, we're like, it's just, there's no point. Like these people are just not gonna get it uh, compared to now where it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I, I do, uh, if I, I'm trying to recall again, as you said, we are, we've met limited people, but I don't know actually any conversation I've had in the last maybe year and a half where it has come up that I'm vegan and it has instantly turned into a, really? Okay, tell me more. Or, oh, okay, tell me more. Like, I, I just, it's just really nice in a way. Yeah, I think this could be totally accounted to awareness. Yeah. Um, and the fact that um, what I've found in the last few years is that a lot of mainstream media has started cover covering these things. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and you can see, especially after the pandemic, it's not just about, oh, there's a virus in the world, but it's also about where did it come from? Why did it come here? What are we doing? And then, of course, stuff like, uh, climate change and the and the Paris Climate Treaty, Greta Thunberg, just all of these things. It's creating right, a lot of been, buzz, yeah. You know, any publicity is good publicity. So even with all the negative publicity that I've seen, a lot of people come out in support of her. Um, and she hasn't shied away from um, speaking about the benefits of veganism or the ill effects of non-veganism on the climate. And you've, we've seen already how the wet markets in different countries have uh, created this uh, pandemic and we've seen that how there are different virus strains around the world um, you know every country is coming up with their own little um, uh, edition yeah, of the to virus fair, not, to be fair not, not intentionally but yes I, I get what you're saying yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you know all of this like people are talking about it and it's no longer okay now we are in a problem how do we solve it but it's also like how did we get here Yeah. you know and are all these people who are actually fighting for animal rights and climate rights and things like that, are they do, are they serious? Like, where yeah, is this yeah, coming yeah. from? Yeah. I need to sit down and I need to actually listen. Mm. Um, and it kind of helps that mainstream media, no matter how biased it is, is talking is about, talking it, about yeah. it. And I think, you know, even, I mean, we know that... Uh, and we've talked about this too, right? Like we do, we do get stuck in a bit of outrage culture. Like we, we outrage about something, then we kind of forget about it, and move on to the next thing and the next thing in that cycle. Uh, but what we're what we're seeing as well now is like you know those pictures that used to come out of um, animals in the ocean, whales and and turtles being stuck with plastic are becoming more frequent as well. Uh, there there have been thankfully uh, good reports come out from uh, you know pretty recognizable publications about the impact of disposable masks and. Uh, gloves and so on. Again, back on the ocean. I know there was a WHO study as well 
um, in terms of what we're putting back because of the pandemic, right? And that also created a little bit of a, uh, again, it's, it's, it, the, the point is it's staying in the news more and more often, um, which I think is, is definitely helping, um, you know, and then maybe, who knows, maybe these two people doing a podcast, talking about Miley Cyrus every once in a while might be helping too. Yeah, and Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is also kind of helping our cause. Yeah. In some way. <laughs> in some way. He doesn't realize it, but he is. But he is, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, one one interesting piece of news just here, because it's also podcast related, is that there's actually a, a group called Podcasters Declare, if I remember the name correctly, uh, that actually started a petition online to ask Apple to add a climate change category to podcasts, uh, because it's once such thing doesn't exist. It's actually landed up within the podcasting community, especially within the uh, platform community, like the people who run the tech that powers podcasts, um, has led to a lot of conversations in the last one or two weeks. So I'm, I'm listening to it, uh, like every all the different shows that I, I listen to that cover this kind of stuff have landed up talking about the fact that this has happened. Uh, so it's, I mean, the, it was a signature campaign, but interestingly, it, it caught enough eyes uh, that it created uh, a little bit of a momentum. It led to a different conversation, of course, because there is this conversation happening in the podcasting world about like, well, why does Apple need to control the categories? Let it be a little open thing. And so the people are working on that. Uh, so that's, that also turned out to be a positive. But it was just interesting that it was a, a climate change category that was being requested that became, um, uh, you know, the source of a, a pretty uh, widespread signature campaign, uh, but also in the world of podcasting, which is kind of nice. Uh, so the other thing I was thinking about also is, um, you know, let's talk about kind of the situations, and I know now we're in different cities, but um, from from that kind of support, right, systematic support, as we would call it, maybe uh, we think about how things have changed, especially over the last decade when it's come to, um, I guess, supermarkets, restaurants. I mean, places where th this has been a struggle, and I know we've struggled with it too, even as much as five years ago. I know as a vegetarian, I've struggled definitely ten years ago, uh, quite a few times when it's come to just not wanting or having wanting non-meat options at certain places. Um, I mean, I know there were times when I've been to places and they were just like, what, that's it? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's all on your menu that I can eat, by the way. So I can just have the dal, so I don't know what you want me to do here. Um, so I've definitely had that. I, I think that's that's changed quite a bit too. It has. Uh, I think there are lots of options now and there are different kinds of options and people are experimenting and just the sheer number of vegan restaurants, right? Exclusively vegan restaurants have increased so much. Um, and I remember that when you and I went vegan together, almost together, we were like, okay, you know, this is one restaurant out of the hundreds of restaurants. I'm like, hey, look, vegan option. Clearly yeah, it was maybe. vegan option, by the way. It wasn't even like... Yeah, option, but yeah. now, hello. Um, but now it's just that every other restaurant has at least one or two vegan options. So that excitement is not there anymore. Now it's just weird when a restaurant comes up and does not have a vegan option. Correct. You know, um, and you can see in the supermarkets aisles or aisles of um, exclusively vegan products, um, specially labeled vegan products. Uh, there is a sign for. Uh, logo for vegan products for cruelty free the leaping bunny it has now become more prevalent it was always there i think it was there for more than a decade but yeah. it's just become more prevalent because people have known that the consumers are now thinking 10 times before picking up their product and these are certain things that they need to invest in um good so good for peter and uh, 
just the um, the avenues, right, where vegan products have been introduced, medicines, supplements, um, you know, I mean, I bought a toilet cleaner liquid the other day and it said yeah. it's vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which or at least it's like, cruelty-free and stuff. We're seeing more of that here too. Yeah, and that it does not have animal ingredients, right? So that was pretty cool. And obviously the dri- demand is driving it. People are not, companies are not just like, oh, okay, well, let me just add this. So um, there's been a lot of change in the past few years when it comes to shopping for vegan products in general and eating out. I, I'm I'm noticing something very interesting that's been happening here, at least, right? So if if I have to put it like if you if you put it on a time scale, there was a time when you had to like really scrounge around to hope that something a product in a certain aisle was vegan, right? Uh, and then this was uh, doubly true for cosmetics and other things, right? And then we saw this little spate, at least here in Dubai, which happened in the last like three four years. Uh, because it happened after we went vegan, right? Because initially when we went vegan, it was still like a bit of a struggle. And then about a year later, suddenly it was like, there's a vegan option here and the vegan option there and all that, right? Uh, and we saw this shift in, in, in supermarkets and things for these exclusive vegan aisles, right? Uh, and you started seeing, I mean, you know, very famously Lulu had this entire, like an almost an entire aisle of just like vegan cruelty-friendly products, um, you know, Carrefour famously has this, like they have this organic healthy section, which I still don't know why it's a separate thing, but you know, they have that section. And then in one corner of that section, you find things like plant-based meats and, and other things. So th- that's been the trend, right? They've been like, okay, let's highlight this. Let's highlight the fact that we have it and do it and do it and do it. And now I'm starting to see, especially I, I've noticed it more in the last maybe six months or so, that now it's becoming normal in the sense that you can walk to a regular cheese aisle in a supermarket now, and there's no special marking, there's no special designation, one of the options is the vegan one, right? It's not meant to be called out, it's not meant to be special or, or, or weird, or go to that different aisle, we don't keep you in the cheese aisle, now we're finding in the regular aisle. You go to the milk aisle and you find alternative milk products listed in the same, just one extension of, of that aisle which I, in some ways is very nice. Like, I think it's very nice to see because it's no longer this thing where it's like, yeah, all the people shop here and then the vegans go to their own aisle in that corner. It's now, it's yeah. like, no, if you're in the same aisle as everybody else, uh, which on one side is, it feels very normalizing to me because it's like, hey, don't you have any plant-based milk? Oh, no, 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 go to that different aisle. Because why would we keep it in the milk section? So ridiculous. Uh, and that's changing. But also it's an awareness thing, right? So if now a person who, like, I mean, who may not be following a vegan diet or may not be drinking this stuff actually gets to see the options in the same aisle when he's going to get the other stuff, you know, yeah. which, is, which is just really interesting. And I'm definitely seeing that shift happen. Uh, it started with milk. Now I'm seeing it for other stuff. I'm seeing it for cheese now, which I think is just fascinating to see it for cheese because it seems like one of the, the, the last ones. <laughs> it's like breaking a barrier because it's meant to be the, you know, the cold fridges and all of that. Uh, but, but now in Carrefour, like, if you want the Daya cheese, you just have to go to the cheese aisle. It's not in that separate area anymore. Yeah. It's the same here as well. I don't know, I don't know what the shift has been because I wasn't here very long. But um, I don't have to go to a separate aisle for my milk. Um, I don't have to go to a separate aisle for butter. I don't have to go to a separate aisle for cheese. And um, 
yeah, it's just stuff kept next to each other. Vegan cream, vegan whipping cream kept with regular brands. Yeah, butter yogurt. as well. Yeah, yeah. They are... They're kept in the same section. Obviously, they're kept separately in the sense that, okay, this right. entire block is yeah. for vegan products. But at least I'm not going to the other end of the supermarket because strategically, my mind is trained to go to this aisle for milk and my cold products. And yeah. then I'm told that, okay, just get out. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you eat plant-based food? Um, so that's not happening. But having said that, obviously, we spoke in one of our previous episodes about the European Parliament's uh, priorities on naming these products. Yeah. And uh, that's a, that seems like a bit of a regression going back 10 years or maybe more. Um, and uh, I, you should totally check out Oatly's social media. They have, um, they actually uh, created a page where they had a test um, to say uh, that the European Parliament thinks you're stupid because you can't recognize whether this product is actual milk or, uh, or plant-based milk. So just for fun, I tried to take the test to see what they're actually trying to do here. Right. And they had they had questions like, which one is a dog? Okay, And then there was a picture of a dog and a picture of a bear and the name saying, okay, this is a dog and okay, this, this is, is a bear. A bear. <laughs> so they had like four or five questions. And uh, then in the end, uh, it says that, congratulations, you're not stupid. You can recognize products from each other. <laughs> I thought that was very clever. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I like sarcasm as a form of humor. So and then really they're, and they're, they've done that quite a bit, I think, just in general anyway, um, in just the way they do their social, yeah. And their packaging as well, right? Oatly's packaging is it's phenomenal. It's amazing. It's yeah. to the point. It's not random pictures of, I don't know, happy oats as such, <laughs> but um, but it's, it's to the point. It tells you exactly what you're doing. <laughs> random <laughs> pictures of happy oats. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it tells you exactly what your carbon footprint is when you're buying this product. Mm. And it's also a bit creative, right? It says some funny things on it. So um, I think that's a good brand that needs to be supported. But five or 10 years ago, this would have been completely unheard of, you know? Absolutely, yeah. No, and I think also it's... um, So to, to go back to your point about the European Parliament thing, First of all, I, I would I would chalk it down to like there's no such thing as bad publicity. So if it gets attention that somebody's trying to do this, uh, it'll raise awareness to a few people that like wait why is this even an issue? So that's can can be useful. Although uh, having said that, I don't think that's the way we should be <laughs> getting awareness about this stuff. But hey, um, I think I think it's interesting. Uh, I mean, if you look at uh, for me, the a good parallel has always been sort of electric cars. In fact, recently I was reading a report that said that like you know. Um, there was a car in the 70s, I think, or the 80s. Somebody had modeled out an electric car using a regular chassis and had just built out an electric car. And there was a whole video of this person like driving around. Now, I'll put a caveat there. I just That's, that's what I've just seen. I uh, haven't dug too much into it. Uh, but it, it is uh, something I've, I've always said. I do believe that you know, it's the oil industry, so to speak, largely, that has prevented electric cars from becoming a thing. Because it, it's very hard for me to understand that companies as big as they are, especially automobile companies, 
like didn't just set aside some research and put it. Uh, when I look at what, as an example, what Elon Musk has done now, but also what has now been replicated by the Nissan and they have Chevy and so on. They have very normal um, entry-level cars that are electric, right? And I say entry-level with a caveat. I know they're more expensive, but they're not uh, a luxury car ultimately. Um, and you, you, you know, obviously the, the immediate question is, well, you know, you have the capacity, you have the factory production units and blah, 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 blah. All stuff that Tesla had to like invent from scratch. And that's why they've always, they've stood there. There was a large period where they struggled getting production and stuff, you know, properly done. Uh, but it wasn't until it became fashionable to own one that they were forced to make one, right? And now you see kind of the laggards coming in and all launching electric cars as if they've discovered something new. Um, and you do wonder like, well, what could have been the reason why we didn't explore this from before? Because we've made tons of advances in, in electricity. And if you look at smartphones and stuff, and we, we moved to things like all-day battery life and very replenishable. I mean, there was a lot of research done towards building new kinds of new forms of battery and power and storage, right? So why was it that it took so long? Why did it, it, they had to, it was a consumer push that pushed it, right? Ultimately, Tesla created the, the FOMO for the consumer to say, oh my God, I want to own one and then create the demand from that way, right? So why? And I, I do believe that there was this pushback. And I think one of the things that we're seeing, and this has to still play itself out because we're still in the initial stages of it, is that this pushback is coming from that traditional industry who are in the process currently of losing money, and, and as a result, potentially, this is one way of tackling that, right, is to prevent the sale by not listing them, right? I would imagine to them, uh, a, a vegan cheese or a vegan milk being in the same aisle is not beneficial. Right, because it suddenly allows a consumer to look at an option and be like, oh, I didn't know that X kind of milk only costs this much. Maybe I should try it. I keep hearing from X, Y, Z like about it, right? But if you don't see it in that aisle, when you go to pick up your milk, you're never going to pick it up, right? Um, and I think that that change we're starting to see now also because, again, I think there are too many products. Uh, so before it used to be like you would get one brand and then you could stack all the vegan products in one shelf and you're done. Uh, now I think it's harder to do, right? So it might as well have it. And I'm sure that the demand is going up as well. So if more people keep going to be like, I'm sending the milk aisle, where's my milk? And then they realize, like, might as well just put the milk here now. So I, I think all of that is why we're seeing the shift happen now and not happen a few years ago. But I do think that, like, uh, when, when you look at something like what happened in, in terms of, like, trying to lobby a bill into order that doesn't make sense or it seems regressive... Uh, I think this is that kind of pushback that you saw in other industries or, or parallels can be drawn to other industries where the pushback was not, uh, we're not capable of putting this together. The pushback is we just don't want to change what is making a lot of money for us or what is a super beneficial for us irrespective of what is happening. I think it's very difficult today for companies to not acknowledge it. In fact, I have definitely seen, uh, whether you just look at it on social media or otherwise, companies' decisions getting questioned all the time. Uh, over over very small things, by the way. Sometimes it's not necessarily like, you know, why are you making a car that's uh, that's causing pollution? But it's even been like, you know, why didn't you take a stand to support this? You know, why didn't you speak up because of this? And I think that it's this is going to keep changing. I think the consumer behavior is very drastically changing at the moment. Uh, and at some point, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to be possible uh, for these companies or anybody to lobby this even because I don't think this will even make it anywhere because no politician will want to even encourage this because their constituents will turn and be like, why would we support you? I think that's going to happen anyway. It's just the early days. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess that's where you need the, that was actually going to be my next point that 
we now have publicly listed companies, uh, exclusive vegan companies, right? So Beyond is now a publicly listed company. Um, and I think there are a couple of other brands as well. And that kind of gives them that strength in the market, in the economy, to be able to, um, you know, work with the governments and not just have wealth hoarded in just the... Yeah, and be on the sidelines or be out of it. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, like dairy industry is too strong at this point. Yeah, it is now going down, but it's going to take a couple of more decades for things to kind of start to even out a little bit. But it's obviously not fair, you know. It's just the same argument of the rich being richer and the poor being poorer and everyone should have equal rights in an economy. But the fact that you are... um, you are the one controlling market demand. You are the one, it's, it's, it's like a puppet show, right? And it's just unfair. And the, and the good thing is that the generation now realizes this and they see it. Yeah. Uh, the generation, our generation or the generations, what are we, millennials, I think? Yeah, we're millennials. Yeah. You've disclosed our age, I can't, I, can't, I can't say anything else. I did that at the start of the episode. I'm young, I'm okay. No, 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 I meant like I can't, I can't now say we're Gen Z or something because you've already declared your age, so I, I, I can't play with that anymore. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could still pass off as a Gen Z, though, if I had to. Again, Again it's too late to do this on this episode, but we'll try next time, maybe they'll forget. <laughs> no, I mean, I can... Um, anyway, I'll do it where it's needed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so uh, I think it's, it's just public awareness is pretty strong now. It's only going to get better, I believe. Um, but... Companies, um, celebrities have recognized the need. And at the end of the day, this world is driven by money and greed, right? If there's money, everyone's going to jump over there. Yeah, yeah which I think is which, which is partly what's happening at the moment, yeah. Yeah, and if you're jumping over there and you are automatically pumping in more money and making it stronger, which is exactly what we need for veganism to thrive. I know a lot of people, and I know people who come from a point of view of ethics saying that, yeah, but this is not about consumerism. This is about animal rights. And yes, you're right, but you can't deny the fact that the world runs on consumerism. And to be a part of the change, you have to be a part of the system. You can't stay outside the system and try and change it. Uh, so I think that the next two or three decades is going to be phenomenal for uh, the vegan movement. I can't wait to see that. So, so, But ultimately, it's going to be the demand that, that drives everything. And and uh, and like I said, I think there are some example companies that have been really boosting this demand, right? Like it wasn't until Beyond Meat came around that people were like, "Oh, okay, taste is not really something I should be running after because I can get it, right?" And it's just one of those things. And I have a lot of debates with a lot of people about Beyond Meat in particular, right? Because it's very polarizing because uh, a lot of non-vegans feel like, "Well, if the vegans want to feel to enjoy the taste of meat, they should just eat me." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's not the same thing. I'm sorry. I I do understand why." It has to be cultivated, and I think it's... And every time I've said this, by the way, to them, and every time I've said that, yeah, listen, think about it this way. If you enjoy the taste of meat, but you're also aware of the cruelty, and you can do both, why should that product, A, not exist, and why should you judge someone for buying it? And the moment I say that, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can kind of see that, you know? And I think that that's, again, so you needed a Beyond Meat or maybe an Impossible, whoever, to come in and showcase that for it to become a thing, potentially. Yeah, um, besides, I feel that if these people don't question the concept of dildos, they shouldn't be questioning the concept of fake meat. Oh, man, there's so many layers to this that I just, I, 
I thought of like four different questions and I was like, man, I don't know where to go now. Okay, so we'll just leave it at that. I think I think that statement stands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whoever is debating with you next time, just bring them on. I don't know, minute twenty-three on episodes coming <laughs> or something like that, and just play the sentence, uh, and they will get the point. I well, I hope so. You never know. Meat eating can cloud their judgment sometimes. Dum dum. <laughs> Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, a couple of things, actually. Um, there's now a dating app, especially for vegans and vegetarians. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, and um, that's something that would have been completely unheard of five years ago. True. And I think um, that pretty much speaks a lot about how many people there are out there that there was a need to generate an app for it. Um, but maybe you can try that app for us, Chirag, and let us know. It's <laughs> a very dangerous territory you entered there. Um, I mean, it's funny that you were saying right? that because I was just remembering that uh, I know that it's been it's been so interesting, right? Like I've definitely I know at some point seen uh, people say like, uh, "No vegans, please," in in dating profiles. You know, and it's just been, uh, so it's an interesting kind of turnaround. Like, I think it, this is one of those, like, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Like, this is the opposite reaction. We're like, fine, we'll just, we'll just go make our own dating app. <laughs> Screw you yeah. all. So I, I can yeah. see why that can be a thing or you can feel like it's a bit, uh, it's a bit weird. It's an interesting thing. Yeah. And also another thing that I, I think is phenomenal is um, the UK recognizes veganism as a religion. Doesn't know. Um, okay. So you cannot discriminate against vegans, just or base, or you cannot discriminate on someone's dietary choices. Okay, similar or lifestyle, to like you would. Okay. okay, like you wouldn't do religiously, right? So, yeah, at your workplace, when um, if you are being discriminated against just because you're a vegan, then that's something that is punishable by the corporate law. Interesting, which I think is very interesting. It's um, an interesting approach. How did they pull that off? I'm very curious about that. Uh, UK, I'm not surprised. I mean, uh, UK is big on veganism. No, I know, mm -hmm. but like it's it's an interesting it's a, because it's a it's a non-conventional approach to take, right? Like it's it's kind of saying, you know what? Instead of like dealing in the nitty gritty, I'm just going to spin this thing around and and bring it in this way through legislation, but not legislation that everybody should have vegan options. This legislation will like recognize that this at the same thing as something you can't discriminate against. I mean, it's just, I'm just very intrigued by the by the process that got them there, but that's cool. Yeah, I think we should do some more research. Does this mean that if there are office um, parties and if I just have fries, can I just see my company? <laughs> you, see, this is the difference between you and me, I think, because you were thinking that when I was thinking, can I, can I then declare a couple of religious holidays just for us? Because <laughs> I was thinking the other way, right? I'm just like, okay, how do we get out of this? And you were thinking about food. So yeah, very typical. <laughs> or yeah. in particular you were thinking about fries yeah but anyway yeah i love fries but i would like to eat other things as well i mean it's 2021 so the, i was gonna narrate this incident to you right um last year i was in belgium and um uh, i was in the hotel and when i checked in um i emailed them in advance and asked them and told them that i was vegan and they said yeah yeah that shouldn't be a problem at all uh and at check-in she's like um, so any particular requirements? And I was like, oh yeah, I had emailed that I'm vegan. So I was hoping that my my room tariff included breakfast. So I was hoping that I can get some vegan breakfast right. options. 
And she said, oh, yeah, that's not a problem at all. What would you like to eat? And I'm like, uh, this could take a day. <laughs> but um, I said, uh, no, I think it would be easier if you tell me. Yeah, what, what you can provide and then. Yeah, what can one. you provide? Yeah. Uh, and she said, no, we are uh, flexible, whatever you want to eat. I was like, okay, then. Uh, can I get some uh, vegan toast with some vegan butter, some cereal with some plant-based milk, some fruit? Um, then I was like, is asking for vegan croissants too much? And I was like, yeah, definitely. They wouldn't have that. Then I said that if I can get a main of tofu scramble, that would be lovely. Yeah. Uh, and she said, yeah, okay, great. She noted all of it out. And I was like, this is an amazing restaurant. Somebody is getting a lot of stars on TripAdvisor from me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I checked in next morning, breakfast arrived, uh, and I had the fruit. I had some bread, which I wasn't sure if that was 100% vegan. I did not have the butter. Um, I had some juice. Um, and then I had a big fat slab of tofu. This big, like a brick sized tofu, Mm -hmm. just covered with cling wrap on a plate because that would have made it fancier. Um, yes, the, the right way to then satisfy a vegan whose breakfast you can't cater is to wrap their food in plastic. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, um, I looked around in my room. I think probably this is their way of telling me that I have to make my scramble myself. So then I was <laughs> like, I don't see a kitchenette here. There's no way I can cook something over here. Right. Um, I don't see any spices. I don't see any onions or tomatoes or anything else. So I was pretty grumpy. Anyway, I'm not a morning person, so I'm anyway grumpy. And then you give me this for breakfast for something that I've paid. Uh, So I went, I obviously just ate the fruit and just a little bit of bread and that's it. And I left and I went down and I said, hey, so this happened. What are you expecting me to do? And she said, yeah, but you said you wanted tofu. And I'm like... (laughs) I mean, I know know I'm laughing, but like, it's not, it's not funny. (laughs) But, but you know, but you know what's funny? It's you're a chef. You are a chef. I'm a human being. What makes you think that any human is capable of eating one big slab of tofu just like that? Like unseasoned or whatever, yeah. But when you hear that the person is vegan, do you lose all your brain cells? Like, are you that overwhelmed that the fact that I have to cater to a vegan that I have forgotten how things function? how the world functions and I'm like how do you expect me to eat it did you really think that I'm going to take a fork and a knife and cut into the tofu and be like this is the best breakfast I've ever had and what's going on and she said oh there must be some misunderstanding I was like oh you don't say <laughs> no <I'm> kidding <laughs> um, she's like so what would you like to have and I said oh look you know I'd ask for tofu scramble or if you cannot provide it that's fine could you just probably get me some vegan butter that's all I need and just get me fruit and that's fine for tomorrow they did provide some cereal and plant-based milk, so uh, that was okay. And then the next day, I got my breakfast with egg scramble. Um, so maybe she just heard the word scramble, and she's like, okay, I don't well, know Well, you said to tofu do. scramble. I gave, you, I gave you tofu. It didn't work. I'll give you the scramble this time, right? Fair exactly. enough. Yeah, it's, it sounds very I logical mean, to me, yeah. Yeah, and tofu scramble is such a difficult phrase to comprehend. Like, what am I supposed to do here? yeah. Hmm. yeah. So I'm not going to use my brain cells. So here it is. And then the next day, I didn't, I swear to God, I didn't even have the energy. I was like... Well, obviously, because you hadn't eaten anything for two days. Yeah. 
and that. But then I was like, where? How should I start this argument? Like, what should I do? Should yeah, I laugh? Should I cry? Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing so, left there. Yeah. Yeah. So then there is this downside where we've got chefs around the world. The second you tell them, you remember the stuff that happened with you at the the restaurant in the mall, Apre. Um, oh yeah! Oh my! This was a long time ago. I I I I remember the story recently, like after after a long time. But yeah, this was soon after actually. So just before, um, uh, like when I was vegetarian, I used to go to the place. They they had this little like flatbread thing with cheese, and it was just one of the snacks you go you grab a drink and you have a snack. And um, and then obviously changed and then i went back after a few weeks or months i forget and i went there and i was we like oh. together you oh, it was you and me, me. oh that's what, that's what it was yeah. okay and i was like okay well you know unfortunately this has cheese so hey we'll get it without cheese and <laughs> so we told the waiter uh oh hey listen like i know you have this thing this, they called it the pizza i think or something like that and i was like and you have this thing um it's and it's like whatever tomato base and some chili or something uh, that's what I want, but I want it without cheese. And the first thing that threw me off was the person was like, let me go check, right? Because, and the thing is like, when you say, let me go check, when there's a pizza oven behind you and there's a, you know, there's a, there's a guy who's like, who's loading a pizza and making it fresh. I'm like, I don't think there's anything to check. Like, just don't put the one layer that I'm asking you not to put. Like, this is really not complicated. Anyway, that's so I was like, fine, you know, do your thing. If that makes you feel better, go ask the chef, you know? And, and she went and she diligently asked the chef, and five minutes later, came back and looked at looked me point blank in the eye and went, "I'm sorry, we can't do that." <laughs> and I just looked at her and I was like, "You know what? I've been here enough times. Can you hang on? I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go talk to the chef." And I just promptly got up and started walking towards the little pizza chef because it's it's um, it's behind the bar, so you can kind of see it and you can interact with the guy. Uh, luckily or whatever for me, because I'd been there a few times and stuff, the floor manager that kind of knew me by face, that kind of recognized me, used to say hi once in a while, saw me like blast across the <laughs> blast across the place, and I think he came running after me uh, and was like, "Hey, is everything okay? Like I saw you like." And I was like, "Well, you know, this is what happened." And he was like, "No, of course we can do that. There's no problem." Like he's like, "I'll talk to the chef. Please go sit down. Like don't worry about this." And I was like, "Fine." And we eventually did get it, but it was just uh, just uh, just uh, as as a concept, you know, where the person like first of all said I have to check but then you know actually went and supposedly checked and came back and said oh we can't not add cheese on your pizza because you know uh, and, and it wasn't even a debate about the cost right it wasn't even I was like hey and I, and I will pay less because I'm asking you not to put cheese right we, we, we didn't even get to that stage like it was just like we can't add this like when we make it's, a pizza, we have to add everything we can't stop the process midway like how, how can you ask us to do that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, asking people to pay less for your vegan option because that's logic. Then, yeah, you'd be kicked out of the restaurant, I guess. Um, but these are people who have degrees. They've gone to cooking school well, to learn how to cook food. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I don't know what to do with this tofu block. Like, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> Here it is, take the whole thing yeah. and figure it out yourself. I mean, I wonder what happens behind in the kitchen. Like, is he just... Yeah, how did, what was the process that like, led to a, a cling-wrapped slab of tofu yeah, so, showing up on your plate? Yeah, exactly. So in my head, I'm like, okay, um, hey, chef, yeah, uh, we have an annoying vegan guest who wants something to do with tofu. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have, we have the okay. block in the fridge. Just give it to her. No, they went and shopped for it because they didn't have the block in the fridge. Okay, I'm going to go bring some tofu and I'm going to see what I want to do. Goes to the shop, brings the tofu. <laughs> Right. What can I do with it? 
I've never seen you know, this thing. Oh, I just realized what happened. That's so what happened? No, what happened there is because if they brought a block, because I think on some tofu it would say it's like ready to eat, and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, so I can just unwrap this and give it to her because it's ready to eat." Well, you're a chef. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm not. I'm yeah. So then this person has gone like, "Okay, I've never seen this thing. Book, book. Oh, it's nice. I think she can chew it." Um. Hold on a second. What's going to make it look nicer? A piece of plastic. <laughs> well, I opened then... it. I have to put it back in plastic and send it to her, right? Obviously, like... One last note that I had was also, it was really nice uh, when we went to the liquor store here. And now you can, for the first time, we saw actually a section that said sustainable wines, vegan wines oh, as a section, nice. right? Which was kind of really cool as well. Uh, this is not to say that vegan wines haven't been around. Uh, and if any of you listening to this are absolutely shocked by this, I recommend you spend some time on barnivore.com. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, like it's, it, we've seen those wines come through and obviously, you know, as and when it's been possible, I've, I've also checked. Uh, and a lot of wines are, are listed anyway, so it's not been a problem. I'm seeing more and more wines show up with the, with the vegan sign or with the mention of vegan or whatever. But it was just nice to see like sort of this entire section dedicated to vegan wines. So all the wines in that section were vegan. Um, and then again, vegan wines were also stacked elsewhere. But it was just nice. There's nothing better when your alcohol is vegan. Everything else is okay. It's secondary. On that note, thank you very <laughs> much for joining <laughs> us on this episode of The Two Vegans. Um, yeah. Keep listening to us. Yeah. And, um, no, and, sh- and share as well, if you can, like how you feel things have changed for you for the last few years um, in your city, especially if you're not... Uh, in Dubai or in Amsterdam. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So you can find us at the.2.vegans on Instagram. Um, And until next time. Bye. Bye.